My name is Emma Martin, and this is the Lazy Keto Mum Podcast. If you are looking for help with keto and low carb, you have come to the right place. Fat. Are you having enough fat? Because that's really important and it's undoing all that stuff that we have been taught over the last 70 years. Fat. What they told us was so unbelievably wrong. I want to talk about fat, where we went wrong, what kind of fats you should be eating and which ones you shouldn't. Super important. We've been told for 70 years that fat is going to make us fat. And it's actually not true. There was no proof at all that that was even the case. But when you start this kind of journey, like I remember saying to my partner, like, oh, my gosh, if this seriously doesn't work, I'm going to be huge, (laughs) you know, and I was struggling with my weight anyway or my waistline and it's like, my gosh, I'm eating all this butter and cream and four years later and (laughs) clearly fat doesn't make you fat. There's plenty of people who are proof of that. You know, the whole thing was that they were trying to all work out, I thought, cholesterol, this was just a theory, they thought cholesterol was driven by dietary fat because the correlations were all there. The numbers matched up. So then they went ahead to try and prove that and they just basically cherry-picked that science and pulled out the data that they wanted to pull out and matched it all up to suit themselves and very conveniently left out the bit that they didn't like. What's happened in the world is we've got this epidemic of diabetes, anxiety, depression, people who are craving, (laughs) yeah, been there, people who are sugar addicted because, like we heard last week, they replaced the fat with sugar because somehow you've got to preserve food and somehow you've got to add the flavour back in. We're, We're all exhibit A. We're not here by accident. We got led here. But just no, like fat does not make you fat. It's it's absolutely been disproven over and over and over and over. But our medical profession, the bulk of them haven't caught up. If you're not already listening to Jason Fung, F-U-N-G, uh, you need to get on it. He's incredible. He's reversing diabetes with fasting. I'll explain why fat is not only important, but why it doesn't actually make you fat. This is one of my favourite phrases, don't blame the butter for what the bread did because the butter, and we'll learn in a second, butter and fats don't spike your blood sugar. Therefore, they don't spike your insulin and insulin is a fat storage hormone. Whereas when you eat bread, you are literally, your body is converting those carbohydrates directly into blood sugar, directly into blood sugar, and it's storing it. Because that's what its job is. Its job is to store it. And so in the presence of high blood sugar, in the presence of insulin, you cannot burn your fat bits. It is biologically impossible. And that's one of the things that a lot of dietitians and the medical profession, they just don't get it. You know, I'm I'm not a doctor, as you guys well know. I am an, a smart enough to know what works and how to teach other people what the kick is. Every time you're spiking that insulin, every time you're literally in fat storage mode. You know, they said, don't eat bacon and eggs. It's bad for you. 
Oh, but now you can eat butter. Oh, but now you can eat eggs. No wonder we're all flipping confused. Keep changing their mind. You know, oh, wait, we proved this. Oh, wait, we proved that. It's the same as thalidomide. Oh, take this pregnant ladies. Whoops, a daisy. Now your kids are born with deformities. Whoops. And fat is no difference. Whoops. What they told us was just basically stuck together from a hypothesis. No proof. Basically what happened with obesity, so 1975, just after where the food pyramid was introduced, you can see the trajectory of human health. So look at what happened to obesity with the food pyramid because, you know, people just don't realise what sugar is doing to them. The reason fat is better for consumption is that it doesn't have that spike of insulin release. So when you eat a boiled egg with some butter or a piece of cheese, basically what happens is you get this initial kind of blood sugar spike, but then it it levels off and it's a very long, slow burn of energy as opposed to a carbohydrate, whereas when you eat it, it's like, bam. And those of you that have been on this a while, you could probably feel that kind of I was talking the other night, I had Indian and rice and naan the other night, which I thought was a great idea, but no, it wasn't. I could literally feel my flipping blood sugar spiking. Like I've never been that sensitive to food in my life. You know, all the Weight Watchers times, they're like, just eat until you're full. My body didn't know when it was full. So to actually have that spike, like when you can feel it, when we eat food, we make insulin, our cells become insulin resistant because they're like the teenager at the door, la, la, la. You yell louder and louder and the, the insulin's yelling louder and louder and the teenager just doesn't open the door. And so it sends you back in storage mode. So if you haven't already started cutting out your breads, your pastas, donuts, (laughs) <laughs> Vegemite scrolls, but any of those starchy carbs, potato, sorry, not sorry, rice, you, you at the moment, I mean, you could introduce them back in, but at the moment you'd be wanting to replace those with proteins and healthy fats, and we'll talk about that in a tick. Now, it's just not all about what you're eating. There are a lot of factors here, hormones, Um, leptin and ghrelin leptin is your satiety hormone and and ghrelin is your hunger so when you're hungry you can remember ghrelin by it's hungry you know when you're eating sugar all the time and carbs all the time your leptin doesn't work and leptin's the satiety hormone that makes you full so you're not a not eating as much but it's not about calorie restriction it's actually about the kind of calories and how long they work and how they work with the balance of all the other hormones other hormones at play um, cortisol and adrenaline are obviously your stress hormones they are massive keys massive keys and sometimes if these are out of whack like if you've got a really stressful job look at what happened to everybody through corona Everybody got roly-poly, right? Because it's stress. It's not about what you're eating. Yet, gosh, there are so many people arguing with me about, oh, you know, keto is just about not eating enough. It's like that's rubbish. It's actually about what you eat. Movement, but not movement like you've been led to believe where you're doing crazy workouts at the gym. It's about building muscle mass. And it's about clearing out your limbic system and uh, looking after your parasympathetic nervous system, which is the system 
that calms you down after your fight with a predator. So it's calming all your insulin and cortisol and blah, blah, blah. And you think about social media and um, the news. What's that doing? It's keeping us on high alert. So, you know, we've got all these other keys being lumped on. Oh, you know, you just need to cut your portions, blah, blah, blah. And that just completely sabotages our journey. And so when you learn these tiny little keys and you make these tiny little changes, this is where sustainability comes in. So what are hormones? Hormones are just chemical messengers. They're made by our body and they're carried through the bloodstream and they talk to the other hormones and you need these hormones for everything, mental well-being. One of the things people find on keto because hormones and fat are directly related. What what they find is that a lot of their menopause or peri or post-menopause symptoms clear up. Men's testosterone rises, super important for men as they age. Um, Hormones are needed basically for every function in the body. And healthy fat feeds hormones. Not quite technically right, but it is involved in the balance of hormones. So leptin and ghrelin, picture it like a seesaw. And sugar, bypassing that leptin, when you start to fix that, you're feeling really full when you're actually not eating very much. We're not designed to eat as much as we do. But you should eat until you aren't hungry. Healthy fats, like your body's, if you're hungry, your body's talking to you. Eat. Just eat healthy fats and proteins. So calories in, calories out was absolutely fundamentally flawed. And if if your doctor or if whoever you're talking to is talking about calories in and calories out and, oh, you know, you just need to eat less, move more, it's absolute rubbish because it's not about the calories. It's actually about the type of calorie. We've been told this for, you know, 70 years. But did you see any fat people on the beach back in the 1950s? No because they were eating fresh and real food. So does a calorie in equal a calorie out? No, it absolutely bloody does not. doesn't. It's about the kind of calorie and and what uh, response it has on your blood sugar and your insulin levels. So the type matters. (laughs) I said I wasn't going to be on my soapbox, but I'm totally on my soapbox, aren't I? (laughs) I'm so passionate about this. I think I've covered that. So let's talk about fats. You can kind of understand why people believed the fat myth. You cook your bacon, you've got all of the bacon fat when it goes cold or the lamb chops, and in your mind it sort of makes sense that the fat would clog your arteries, but actually it's the very opposite. It's the sugar that creates the inflammation which causes the atherosclerosis, the stupid A word I can't say, but that's basically what creates the inflammation inside your arteries. It's not, it wasn't fat. The fat is necessary. Let's talk about hydrogenated oils. I would like you to get rid of some of your oils. And if you haven't already, this is your week. The reason for these is that when oils are extracted from certain seeds, there's a chemical process used. And they use things like solvents, like hexanes. And what these do is they alter the molecular structure of the oil that's being processed. 
So your body uses fats to build cell walls. When it uses these hydrogenated or partially hydrogenated oils, so these chemically altered oils, it, it's like the three little pigs building houses. You've got one that's built out of straw. You've got one that's built out of sticks, and then you've got one that's built out of bricks. When your body builds using hydrogenated oils, you're building a house out of straw. And so what happens is it leaves those cells very vulnerable to attack and very vulnerable to inflammation. And not only that is it buggers up all your gut health as well because you've got inflammation in your gut and it it buggers up your microbiome. And so your microbiome is the health of your gut. That's where your food is digested. So if you have inflammation in your stomach and your intestines, et cetera, your food isn't being digested properly because it's inflamed. So you're going to have issues at either end. You might have indigestion, you might have irritable bowel, et cetera. So these oils, um, I mean, that's not the only cause, but these oils are particularly damaging. And I'll, I'll run through what they are in a sec. You're building your cell walls out of straw. So when the big bad wolf comes along and you have to fight a disease, your body goes, ah, and it has a bit of freak out and the wolf blows on the cell walls and you've got issues. So you're basically leaving your cells vulnerable to attack. Plus your body's trying to clear the information so it doesn't respond as well. If you are still eating, drinking, using any of these, I would strongly suggest that you might need to just chuck them in the bin. Um, Okay, margarine, it's literally one polymer away from plastic. So you've got to get rid of that. Did you know that margarine um, is actually, uh, it's not white, but it's close and then they bleach it and then they add yellow colouring and flavouring. And margarine was originally invented years ago because they needed something like butter was too expensive in the war and it didn't transport all that well. So they needed something that transported. So they did, but it was invented by a chemist. It's not a food. Canola oil is one of the highly, highly inflammatory oils. You need to be checking your labels for canola because that alone can sabotage you. Grapeseed oil, soybean. Soy is actually pretty inflammatory. It's corn oil. You know, you think it's made from corn, so it's going to be okay, but it's not. Cottonseed oil, sunflower, peanut, probably one of the least damaging. And sesame, you're only using a tiny, tiny bit with sesame oil. Like it's literally a couple of drops. But you know what? If you want to go purist, get rid of them as well. My mum loves rice bran oil. Apparently it makes crispy potatoes, but so does dripping. So collecting your pork fats or your meat fats, or if you're a vegetarian, um, coconut oil, you, you need to get rid of those. Use the fats your grandparents used to cook with, the ones they told us to get rid of before they got us to replace everything with these toxic, flippant, sludge, messy things. Good things to use, butter, ghee, ghee is clarified butter. Lard, lard is collected from animal, it's an animal fat. Olive oil, coconut oil, coconut butter, uh, macadamia oil, avocado oil, those are all very safe. Nine times out of 10, I use butter and olive oil. And I like a combination of those, it has a really nice mouthfeel. And again, it'll depend on what you're cooking. Coconut oil uh, cooks at a very high temperature, so it's great for frying. If I'm doing roast veggies, I'll use something that has a high smoke point, like an animal fat. 
So I collect dripping from my rose. It's like my pork belly. Ah, So good and so good for you. Your brain is like 80% fat. So you are literally, if you don't have enough fat, you're actually damaging your brain. Check your labels. You will find that oils are hiding in all kinds of things like tin tuna, salad dressings. They're used as emulsifiers to bind things together. Insultingly, the oils, when they've processed them, they have to add antioxidants because when oils are oxidized, they're carcinogenic. And so not only are they extracting these oils with chemicals and you've got all the chemical residues, they're adding stuff to preserve it. I can't believe it's not butter. It's not butter. It's freaking not butter. Calm down, Emma. <laughs> I'm making a mission to check your fridge this week. And if you find stuff, I know nobody likes chucking out food, but how important is your health? How important is your health? I, I know it's tempting to go, oh, well, I'll just eat that. I'll just, I'll just eat it until it's gone. You, you, all you're doing is making it harder for your body to do what it needs to do. I would also like to for you to think about what this journey and what better health means to you. Does it mean that you can travel more easily? Does it mean that you can play with your kids or your grandkids more easily? Does it mean that you feel better in the morning? Do your pants fit better? And what can you work on next? Um, And so some really good benchmarks, again, focus, how are you feeling? How's your brain? Is it connecting the dots? Are you able to think clearly? If you're not seeing changes on your pants size, these are things you can benchmark instead of weight or pants size. How's your sleep? We'll talk about sleep in another module, but sleep, um, energy, are you making it through the day without nanny naps? That's a really amazing benchmark. Are you feeling strong? Are you feeling happy? Are you feeling like you could, you know, take on the world? If the answer to any of those is no, we need to chat. The reason I've slammed you pretty hard is because you need to know that this firstly has science behind it, but secondly, what happens if you actually don't do it? Alzheimer's, dementia, diabetes insulin resistance, joint pain, inflammation, getting sick more often. (laughs) You don't need me to keep going about all that, do you? (laughs) So cheerful. 